Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. <clears throat> Grace and peace. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is Prophecy Watch and uh, Bible Study. This is Chandler along with G.T. Hawkins and uh, I'm glad that you could all be with us tonight. Uh, hope everything is doing. Hope everything is well, and and I hope everything is uh, going as uh, according to uh, God's will. Uh, we have a couple of announcements to make before I get into the subject matter. Um, <clears throat> G.T. Hawkins and his wife they're uh, going to be launching a new ministry called uh, what is it? Equip and uh, defend, defend, equip, and proclaim, and pretty much the show. I'm not the show. I'm sorry. Uh, pretty much the we, the website is already up. We just haven't put anything on there. Uh, my wife actually did a uh, interview with Vocab Malone. He is a heavy hitter when it comes to the uh, BHIs and uh, uh, black people, well, black people, Israelites, and the Torah keepers. Uh, he works. With, he works with Mr. James White. You may have seen the uh, debate between him and uh, I. I don't know the guy's name. He's a BHI leader. I guess he's at the top of the scale. But yeah, so this guy he did an interview with, with my wife. So that she should be loading that up. Uh, it's probably already up there. But yeah, defend, equip, and proclaim, and is aimed at uh, targeting the. Uh, black consciousness movement, and uh-huh. my wife, she, we, and we got a lot of hard hitters on there. So uh, once it gets started, you'll start seeing a lot more, uh, a lot more advertisements on that, and uh, things of that nature. Well, thank you for that. Um, I just didn't want to get the information wrong. Besides that, uh, we. Um, Najiti's wife has um, a website called ExitChurchianity.com. She talks Uh about various subjects, including uh, the false trends that are happening within the church world and, uh, of course, the black conscious movement. I mean, just various topics. So uh, if you would, check her out and uh, support that ministry as well. So... We might as well uh, get into that, get into the topic that's at hand. Uh, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. And uh, Naditi, you start. All right. <clears throat> Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you uh, bless everyone that's here tonight. Open our minds and our hearts to hear and listen to one another. Give us the word, Father God, to teach one another. Because you say in your word, iron sharpens iron, Father. And no one here is greater than the other. We all, Father God, have pieces of the puzzle. And when we come together, in your mighty name, we 
put together a beautiful picture, Father God. So uh, we ask, Father God, that you bless us all and to uh, help us out with no problems. Technically, uh, if anyone calls in, uh, Father God, give us the discernment to uh, discern who who's a troublemaker and who's not. And, uh, Father God, we just pray. Just open our minds and our hearts to one another as we give you glory and praise. Amen. Amen. So, uh, tonight I'm going to start off with uh, the three interesting news posts that appeared on my timeline on Facebook. Now, as as you well know, GT and I have been getting a lot of information on Facebook concerning um, a lot of stuff that's been going on. And as a matter of fact, there has been a lot of stuff, uh, you know, going on within the past couple of months. Um, and that's what prophecy is all about. Bible prophecy is a very intricate branch of, of, of Bible study because it tells us what's going to happen towards the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ told his disciples in Matthew chapter 24, when his disciples raised the question, when shall these times, you know, when, when, what are the, the times going to be when you return or prior to your return? And then Jesus said something very interesting. He said, let, you know, there's going to be rumors, wars and rumors of wars. And there's going to be uh, uh, all kinds of weather, strange weather changes. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to turn to that passage of scripture. Uh, I got it right here if uh, you want me to read. Okay. Uh, Matthew chapter 24. Verse 1. All right, and I'm going to start at verse 1, actually. Uh, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to, sh- to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye now all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Verse 3, And he said upon the mount of olives. Disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be, talking about the end of the age, and when shall the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus said, verse 4, answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Now it's strange, well not strange, but it's kind of interesting how the, the way Jesus answered the question. He says, take heed that no man deceive you. We have a lot of false doctrine concerning Bible prophecy going around. And I'm not going to get into that right now, but uh, I think this is what Jesus Christ was talking about. Verse 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now I'm going to stop right there, because this is going to go into the posts that I've been receiving on my timeline uh, recently. I don't know if anybody has heard of what is called the gathering. Yeah. And yeah, it was hosted by a guy named Greg Laurie, and he's pretty popular. He comes on a a Christian station called WFIL, which is out in Lafayette Hill, out in PA, White Marsh Township, 
here in outside of Philadelphia. And uh, a lot of these guys that come on that sh- that show are, or that station, I should say, I should say are what is called New Evangelical. And, and I'm going to explain briefly. You know, I'm not going to take up the entire half hour explaining what it is and going through the history of it. But I'm going to explain to it briefly what there are two facets of neo-evangelicalism is. And, well, the two facets of it. First facet is the liberal side, where, you know, the theological liberals uh, like uh, Brian McLaren. Um, Brian McLaren is pretty popular for his views. He says that uh, the Bible is not necessarily the word of God. Um, Rob Bell says that there is no hell. Hmm. Um, you know, and as a matter of fact, he's been holding hands with Oprah Winfrey as of late. Hmm. He and his wife. He has a church out in, Mar- in Michigan somewhere. I-, I can't remember the town, but he has a church out in Michigan. And he's written a few books um, called, um, I think it's something to do with love. I can't remember the title per se. But he says something about hell. If a loving God would not put his children in hell, suffering mm-hmm. eternal torment. Wow. And this is the at the heart of what is called theological modernism. There, you know, the, the Bible is not the word of God, or if it is the word of God, then most of what the word of God says isn't to be believed. Say that part again. Say that last statement again. Say that last statement again. Uh, The Bible is not the word of God, and if it is, some of the things that are said in it are not to be believed. (laughs) And so... This is at the heart of theological modernism. Uh, you got Rick Warren, who wrote um, the book called um, Purpose Driven Church, Purpose Driven Life. Uh, he is not saved. He is a member of the, uh, not the European, um, he's a, uh, he's a Council part of Foreign the, Relations. Yeah, the Council of Foreign Relations, the CFR, the Council of Foreign Relations. Yeah. He is also, I believe, he is at the head, or if not the head, he is an integral part of the ecumenical movement. Uh, His mentor is... Are you talking about the the CFR? Well, not the CFR, but, well, the CFR has something to do with it, but that's a political... uh, portion of it, but religion, yeah. as far as the, um, as far as religion is concerned, he is probably at the head of the ecumenical movement. If he isn't, then he uh, is really, in, he has a, 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 a real intricate port, portion of it. And then he uh, was, his mentor is a guy by the name of Peter Drucker. I don't know if anybody has heard of him. But Peter Drucker is not a Christian either. He, as a matter of fact, he said that he wasn't a Christian. And that most of his views on church and uh, how to build a mega church was based off of his socialist Marxist views. Um, 
And then you've got a guy by the name of uh, Perry Noble who was fired uh, by his church because of his drug abuse. And you've got a guy by the name of Stephen Furtick in, who was a pastor of Elevation Church out in South Carolina. Uh, so I'm not saying that these people are going or are going to be at this particular uh, get-together called The Gathering, but they all have something to do with it. Now, on the theological conservative side, you have um, Charles Stanley, uh, you have Tony Evans, you have... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of these individuals that teach the word of God or most of it, mm-hmm. but they start slipping and sliding on different issues like psychology, and they interwo or they interject or they um, sort of they, they kind of combined or they. Uh, of the word of God mm-hmm. and that's not what the Bible teaches if you look at Colossians 2.8 um, it teaches us that we should not have anything to do with uh, man teaching or the teachings or philosophy that has something you know man's philosophy and so uh, this is as a matter of fact, one more thing about Rick Warren. He started this whole Chrislam thing, which is a, uh, a, a synchronization of Islam and Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yep, he sure did. Yeah. And so uh, he's probably going to take part in the gathering, this whole thing. And another thing I want to explain what the ecumenical movement is. The ecumenical movement is it's kind of like a breakdown of the the walls, the protective walls of uh, Christianity, you know, Christian doctrine. And so, uh, in other words, it's not all that unusual for you as a, um, a Christian pastor to have anything to, to have a priest, a Catholic priest, come to your church to speak, mm. or come mm. to your meeting to speak. Or if you're right, like, uh, like what, what's his name, Jamal Bryant did when he had uh, Louis yeah. Farrakhan to come on to a Christian network show. And that was okay. so embarrassing, so embarrassing because uh, Louis Farrakhan, he he literally chastised those pastors that were sitting up there in their fancy little chairs uh, above above the crowd. Yeah. So that that's an example, that's a prime example of what I'm talking about. And so the ecumenical movement is a breaking down of the uh denominational walls that surround Christianity. So you hear a lot of pastors talk about, well, we all need to come together and we all need to break down all these doctrinal walls and and just come together on for uh to to get to to um establish a basic goal and that basic goal is not scripture not spreading the gospel but something that has something to do with social reform 
And uh, that's what, so, and what I mean by social reform is getting rid of poverty, getting rid of, of uh, I don't know, AIDS or getting rid of, um, you know, educational disparities and things of that sort, literacy. So I'm going to turn to uh, Revelation chapter 17. Uh-oh. If you got your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 17, please. <laughs> There? Yep. You must got you must got a big book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your book take up the whole table. <laughs> My book? Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> and there came one of the seven angels which had the seven the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show you the judgment, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now, the, the, the great whore, or the woman, that sitteth upon many waters, or many people that represent, well, the, the waters represent um, the people of many tongues and nations and ethnicities, and the woman here, or the great whore, is talking about the Catholic Church, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Now, we'll stop here because this is very, very integral to what I'm getting ready to say. Pope Francis came to Philadelphia last year, and mm-hmm. they shut the city down. The city of Philadelphia was completely shut down for this one individual. And I was sitting in a Bible study group one day, one one evening, and they all were talking about this. So I said, well, it doesn't have anything to do with religion. This is political in nature. Mm-hmm. And so with all the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and this is talking about spiritual fornication, mm-hmm. uh, you've got mayors, you've got presidents, you've got prime ministers, you've got senators, they're all kissing his hand, they're all shutting down cities and and, and states and, and towns and townships for this one individual, and they're even opening their the doors of their homes to the, this man. Yep. Yeah. And, and I'm saying to myself, what is going on here? They shut the whole city of Philadelphia down. So John well, is being seen. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, John is being shown the the mystery of of Babylon or the mystery religions, and all of them are going to synchronize. They're going to come together, and they're going to form one religion, one false <laughs> religion, under the control of the Antichrist. Now, the beast that the woman is sitting on top of is the beast. The woman is the Catholic Church, I believe. Mm. And, and so this is why you see so many posts and so many YouTube videos about the gathering, about Rick Warren coming to, you know, bringing all of these pastors 
together to link up with the Catholic Church. Why is that? Why is it? Why are these preachers pushing this so hard? Greg Laurie. Greg Laurie is steep in compromise. Billy Graham. Billy Graham is also steep in compromise. His compromise goes back as early as 1950. Hmm. Man, you, so you would think that he, you know what I'm saying, this was recent for him. I didn't know he... Uh, he compromised that long ago. Yeah, it's it years. But but let me continue on. And verse um, okay, let me right. okay verse two with the with with whom the king of the the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Now verse three. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast. Now, I just got finished explaining what that was, what that meant. Full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Verse 4, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet. Now, I want you to take a look at the Vatican and the, the priests and the cardinals and the popes when they have their little mask. Look at what they're wearing. Look at the colors. <laughs> Look at the colors. They're arrayed in purple and scarlet. Decked mm-hmm. with gold and precious stones. They're super rich. They're one of the richest religions in the country, besides the Mormons, but they're the one of the richest they control everything. Back in and I'm gonna give you a little bit of Christian uh church some church history. I'm not going to go too far into it because of the sake of, of time. But back during the 1500s, when uh, Martin Luther paged his, well, before Martin Luther paged his 40, uh, his 93-page essay on the door of, of, of Wittenberg, Germany, to contest against the Pope's teaching teachings of indulgences, the Catholic Church ran everything. They ran everything. They ran kings out of their uh, out of their uh, their positions, they killed priests, they, they killed uh, kings and queens because they went against the Pope. They dared go against the Pope and the, and the they teaching tried to, of the church. They tried to kill King James. Gunpowder yeah, plot. Exactly. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just throwing that out there. Yeah, they, that's, that's, that is 100% true because the uh, Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, tried to kill King James for getting, you know what I'm saying, the Bible out to the layman. And so when you when you engage uh when you engage people like uh uh the in the black conscious movement and they try to tell you that King James was gay and all this other stuff, a lot of those rumors came from uh not just the the English England, but also the Roman Catholic Church because because they hated the fact that uh, King James got the, uh, the the word of God out there to the layman. Also, you know, they killed, uh, uh, who was the guy who trained Tinsdale? They killed him, burned him at the stake. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also tried, they was going to kill Erasmus, the uh, guy who translated uh, the Hebrew, I mean, the, uh, the Greek into Latin, uh, and when you hear stories like Erasmus, he was trying to hurry to get his version out. Actually, what he was doing, he was actually trying to hurry up and get 
a good uh, translate uh, a good translation printed so that uh, it can get translated into English uh, before the Roman Catholic Church heard about or found out what he was doing because he would have met the same fate as uh, some of the other people. Uh, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. Right. And so these individuals are pushing the ecumenical movement. They're at the, at the forefront is the Catholic Church. Now, I'm not saying, I know a lot of pastors and a lot of theologians believe that Revelation 17 has is talking about the, the Catholic Church exclusively. I don't believe that. I believe that they're all of, a, all of the mystery religions of the world are going to be in synchronization with the Catholic Church, and at the head of it is going to be the, the Antichrist. And the verse is clear. The passage of this particular scripture is clear. Now, I'm going to go back to the gathering, the post that I was sent uh, on my uh, Facebook timeline. Right, I'm going to talk about some of the, uh, I'm going to name some of the, uh, the speakers that are going to be there. Ray Sutton, who is an Anglican bishop. Now, I'm pretty sure some of you who are familiar with church history and uh, some of the denominations that came from different denominations that actually went, you know, uh, out of, I don't want to say out of business, but they kind of just, you know, they uh, came from uh, centuries ago. Uh, the Anglican Church is now the Episcopal Church. And there's no, there's not a dime bit of difference between the Catholics and the and the uh, the Episcopal, uh, the Episcopalians, other than the fact that their priest, that the Episcopal Church's priests, priests can get married. Oh, but, okay. but the um, the Episcopal Church, <clears throat> they're very very liberal. They don't preach the gospel at all. They uh, are really into the social gospel. Sam, Samuel Rodriguez, NAR affiliated, Sheila Walsh, con, con, you know, contemplative teacher. Well, what is contemplative mysticism is um, what Rick Warren is involved with, and that is, you know, pretty much uh, Kundalini. Uh, they they believe in. Uh, uh, Meditation, not meditation from a scriptural perspective, but meditation, i.e., trans trans meditation, where you uh, get lost, you empty out your your mind, and you get lost, you get lost in meditation, and supposedly it takes you to a uh, a spiritual bliss. Uh, And the weird, I won't say the weird thing, but the, the the dangerous part about it is. People who are involved in mysticism, when they're in the church or what supposedly is supposed to be the church, they are easily susceptible to the black conscious movement because they teach the very same thing. You may hear uh, you may hear it spoken in a different way on both sides, but they both are talking about the same thing. I know on the black conscious side, they call it the God conscience or yeah. Christ or Christ consciousness, and that's exactly what uh, Rick Warren and everybody else that David just uh, named uh, is into, uh, uh, especially they hold, people holding hands with Oprah Winfrey. Of course they answer that because 
Uh, that's what she's into. To her, there are many ways to Christ, or many ways to God. Go ahead, David. Yeah, that's what New Agers teach, and that kind of leads to the whole New Age philosophy. If you, if you listen to a lot of your um, five percenters, a lot of your um, uh, Nuwapians, they teach the very same thing. They teach that you are, the black man is God, and you need to stop listening to Christianity or adhering to the Bible because um, Christianity is a white man's religion. And But uh, again, uh, this is what uh, contemplative prayer is, and that came from Hinduism. Hinduism teaches from the idea of chakras and, you know, uh, different forms of martial arts they teach a form of contemplative mysticism as well. The whole idea of yoga and emptying yourself and uh, the and, and, and different facets of homeopathic medicine teaches the same thing. And it's straight out of the occult because what that is teaching is you're emptying yourself and you're tapping into your human spirit. You're tapping into um, your, your chakras. And chakras are the ones that heal you when, in fact, it's not your chakras or it's not your chi that heals you, but it's your immune system. But let me go on. Um, (laughs) Robert Morris, who's a word of faith false teacher, he's the host of the entire thing. Um, and Word of Faith teaching is straight out of the mind of a guy by the name of Phineas Quimby, who was a follower of Mary Baker Eddy. Um, if you're not familiar with the cults, and GTNI did a show last year on the cults, uh, Christian Science. Christian Science is, okay. is neo-Gnosticism dressed up to look Christian. And that's what the Word of Faith movement is. The Word of Faith movement teaches the idea of faith being a force. You know, you, you don't have faith in God. What they're teaching you to have faith in is yourself. In other words, they'll teach you to have faith in um, your words. The words that you speak is what you need to have faith in. So if these words are positive, then you need to have more faith in that as opposed to having faith in some of the negative words that you're speaking. And if the ne- and if you're speaking nothing but negative things and focusing on negative thoughts, then that's going to be your future. That's what you're going to, um, you know, you're, you're going to in, uh, experience. Uh, and not only that, but Word of Faith teachers, they emphasize the prosperity doctrine, prosperity theology, um, Crystal Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, Marcus Bishop, um, Clarence McClendon, who's not necessarily all that much in the limelight as he used to be back in the 90s. Um, <clears throat> Eddie Long, who's not doing too well as of late. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen, whew, I've seen those pictures. And, uh, yeah, those were like sick pictures, not healthy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just want to say right now, uh, despite all the stuff that he's uh, done, you know, I still pray for the brother because, 
you know what I'm saying, that's what we're commanded to do is pray for everybody. Pray without mm-hmm. ceasing. And even now, I hope that he repents and sincerely repents uh, and not die in his sins. Uh, and I don't know what he's done or anything like that as far as his uh as far as the salvation, but, you know, while there is still breath in his mm-hmm. body, he has a chance to uh, repent. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to put that out. Uh, Dave, uh, continue. Right. Oh, thanks. Um, so we have, again, we have Robert Mark, James Robeson, who is another word of faith, ecumenical wolf or false teacher. I've already explained what the ecumenical movement and the word of faith Doctrine is Lisa Ter- Turkhurst, another false teacher. I don't know who she is per se. Marcus and Joni Lamb, who spoke on, who's, of course, they're, they star in TV moguls. Uh, Nicole, who's a Vatican pawn, already explained to you what the Catholic Church is. And they're together to, they're, they participated in uh, the Azusa Now in 2016 or something like that. Greg Laurie who's a popular evangelist and great ecumenalist. Uh, Well, he's an ecumenicalist, rather. Uh, Greg Laurie is um, pastor of Harvest Fellowship Church or something like that out in Riverside County, California, or out in Riverside, California. And, uh, you know, he's compromised. Anne Graham Lotz, who's uh, the daughter of Billy Graham. She's a promoter of Jewish mysticism. Wow. And and what Jewish mysticism is, I don't know if anyone is familiar with the Talmud, but it's terrible. Yeah, I just read up on that. Um, In short, the Talmud is like, uh, it's just a bunch of oral teachings from, you know, ancient, uh, from, uh, uh, from Jews Living around, I think, like uh, 500 uh, A.D. or something like that. And, you know, they, they add to them to take away. Uh, but they are like personal commentaries on the Torah or the, the what, we call, what we call the Old Testament. Uh, the Talmud is the Jewish commentary on the uh, Old Testament, which they call the Pentateuch. Well, Pentateuch. Forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, but that's that's what I can remember. Uh, But go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah, it's it's Pentateuch. But, um, oh, and by the way, the NAR is, um, before I continue on, the NAR is the New Apostolic Reformation. And it's a title used to describe a movement that seeks to establish a fifth house within Christendom, distinct from Catholicism, Protestantism, and Oriental Orthodoxy and Eastern Orthodoxy. And it's largely associated with the Pentecostal and the Charismatic movement. So when you hear NAR, you know, that's what it is. Uh, and but that's they, what they, they mix in, they mix in all, all of that in with Christianity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. People are walking out of their schizophrenic. They're not going to know what to believe. Yeah. And this is what the plan is. This is what uh, it's planned. This is what Rick Warren wanted when he, you know, the secret, whole seeker sensitive emergent church philosophy began or it got popular. 
Uh, I don't think he started it. I think a guy by the name, uh, he started Calvary Chapel. Uh, it's not Chuck Smith, but it's another man. Uh, Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels started that whole super-sensitive uh, emergent church ideologue and we wanted, and, and the whole idea of the seeker-sensitive approach is to leave the gospel out, leave biblical truth out, and uh, include what do you want in a church? If you're looking for rock music, if you're into music, what, what do you want in a church? Do you want rock music? Do you want soft rock? Do you want an artistic type of feel in church? What can we do to make church more palatable to you as an unchurched person? And this is nothing but modernism. This is postmodernism. This is postmodernist thought. And now we're looking at more of that. I'm seeing more of that as the days go on, as the hour grows later. We see more and more postmodernism. You know, it's not right in, you know, the, the whole situational ethics, you know, uh, there is really no right and wrong. Everything is relative or everything is relative to how you feel about the situation. And young people are just eating it up. And this is where the whole yeah. church comes from. Let me continue. Uh, so we have Priscilla Sh- uh, Shire, or I'm sorry, Priscilla Shearer, who's a contemplative teacher, I already explained what that was. Tony Evans, Shearer's oh. father, preacher on Calvary's, uh, his channel, which uh, Tony Evans is another one, mixing truth with error. Some of his sermons can be truthful, and some of them can be yeah. filled with psychological, uh, pop psychological nonsense. Hmm. And um, he's, I, I can't believe, because I used to listen to Tony Evans, and I can't believe, and as a matter of fact, I went to see him speak. You know, I hear, I went to hear him speak, and I think it's heartbreaking to see him in the yeah. middle of all this confusion. Yeah. Yeah. Kay Arthur, um, who was also on this, the Christian station WFIL, um, used to come on early in the morning. She's another contemplative teacher. So it's it's sad, but all of this stuff is like a hodgepodge of confusion. You know, it's just a hodgepodge of confusion. Wow, there's, so, there's, there's that word, confusion, Babel, Babylon. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's it. So this is what we read in Revelation 17. Verse 6, and I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints Mm. and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. So now I'm going to start at uh, the beginning of the verse, verse 6. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints. Now we have persecution, the dark ages. I'll give you a little bit of church history here. Dark ages started around... I'd say after the the the, um, the apostles died, they were all killed off. And what I mean by the Dark Ages, that's the time when God was uh, silent. The Bible had not been written yet, or it, it had been completed, 
but they didn't have the Word of God. What are, you talking about, uh, are you talking about the New Testament? Well, yeah, they didn't have the actual New Testament in their oh, hands. Oh, the, can- the canon, yeah. yeah. They didn't have the canon of Scripture. And so since the canon of Scripture was not physically in the Christians' ar- uh, hands, uh, they were persecuted by um. the Catholic Church from, I guess, around uh, 400, I'm going to get this right, 400 A.D. all the way up to, well, I'm sorry, from 313 A.D. Because when 313 A.D., well, from 96 A.D. all the way up to 313 A.D., there I go. And when 313 A.D. was uh, a pivotal point in Christendom because Constantine came up and emerged and said to everyone that we're all Christians, don't persecute the church anymore. Because he saw this sign in the sky said, in this sign, conquer. So he decided to end the persecutions. And so as a result, he started intermingling the teachings of the Bible with the teachings of Romanism or the teachings of the, uh, the Roman emperors. Because the Roman emperors believed that they were God. Mm-hmm. And... And if the Christians didn't worship him as God, Nero, um, the Domitian, uh, all of these Roman emperors, uh, Caligula, and so if they, if the Christians didn't worship them as God, then they were murdered, they were persecuted and killed. Well, Nero, Nero's uh, excuse was different. His Nero's excuse came like years before. Uh, 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 Constantine, uh, what happened in Rome because his popularity, and this is just like politics, uh, when, as, as you notice, when something is going bad with POTUS, uh, something pops off in the country. Well, that's exactly what happened in Rome. Um, the library of, uh, I think it was Alexandria, or the great library in Rome caught on fire, and many people believe that it was... Uh, it was him who had it done, and what he did was blame Christians for that one. Oh, it sounds like Hitler when he burned his own Reichstag building right. to blame the communists. Right, right. It seems that history seems to repeat itself sometimes mm-hmm. in the same way. Well, go ahead, Dave. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. Uh, you kind of set me straight on one fact, but. Uh, <laughs> But this is what has happened. So for uh, AD 96 to 300 AD, that's almost what? 200-something years, 250-something years? Yeah, about 250 years of persecution. Mm -hmm. And then Constantine, I guess he died. After he died, then the persecution started again. Mm. The persecution started again. And so these people were perse- these Christians were persecuted. The Waldensians, the um, the Anabaptists, they were persecuted horribly, burned at the stake, attacked. You know, they, these people, the Catholics, would send out the quote unquote secret police into their homes when they found out that they were reading the scripture, when they uh, were having uh, Bible study 
underground. Yeah. So, uh, some forget. of the Christians fled. Don't, don't don't forget Jews. A lot of Jews were uh, were persecuting Christians as well. They well, yeah, having... a lot of Jews were doing it, uh, and that's why the Christians had to flee. And there were Christians that were Jews, but they had to flee into the mountains to get away from all of the nonsense. Right. And so, uh, like, uh, real quick, real quick, like, you may you may hear Torah keepers say uh, that uh, the verse in, let me find it, uh, the verse in Revelation, I believe is chapter 3, where it says, you don't have to turn there if you don't want to. Uh, let's see. Pretty much what it says, those who say they are Jews and are not of the synagogue of Satan, um, they tend to apply that to the Ashkenazi Jews uh, living today and also uh, the Edomites who may have intermingled with uh, the people of Samaria uh, back then. But technically what John was talking about, he was talking about ethnic Jews. Uh, yes. Jews who were persecuting the body of Christ. It had nothing to do with Ashkenazi Jews or Edomites. He was talking about literal ethnic Jews persecuting Christians. Go ahead, Dave. Thank you. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because this is where, again, where the the BHIs get confused is you know, they believe that they're the true Jews and everybody else is fake and blah, blah, blah. But um, if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty as far as history is concerned, um, they fall short every time because they, they're they the ultimate history revisionist, especially when it comes to uh, church history. But let me get back to what I was talking about here. Verse 7 and the angel said unto me, Where, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carried her, which hath seven, head, seventh head, uh, seven heads and ten horns. Verse 8. The beast. Now, see, I want to focus on something. The mystery of the woman. Let me circle that because uh, this is pretty interesting about the mystery religions. And I want to focus on that because um, I don't know if you're aware or you've heard of what is called uh, Gnosticism, neo-Gnosticism. A lot of your uh, world religions, uh, especially the religions that have something to do with the occult. Now, I'm not going to get into the occult too much, but I want to really hone in on something so you guys can get what this passage, this this verse is saying here, mystery of the woman. So if you go back to Genesis, Genesis chapter 10, Nimrod is said to be a mighty hunter before the Lord. So Satan raises him up all of a sudden, and the previous chapter you have Tower of Babel. Now, who comes along with that? Semiramis. So Nimrod is murdered by one of his grandsons and dismembered. And so he goes all over the place showing everybody this is what's going to happen to you if you get involved with this. So Semiramis comes up with an idea and says, well, okay, well, I'll fix these idiots. 
I'll get them to believe that Nimrod is Tammuz. He got me pregnant immaculately, called the Immaculate Conception. And so now everyone worships me as the Queen of Heaven because Tammuz got me pregnant and now I am a goddess. So the priesthood is established. Um, Semiramis is called the Queen of Heaven. And Nimrod is just, you know, this this god, this this person that, you know, knocked her up and, uh, you know, but Nimrod is forgotten. So now Semiramis is the queen of heaven. And so you have the Chaldeans, you have the Babylonians, you have all these heathen nations that God told the Jews to specifically stay away from. Um, They're worshiping mother goddess. You look at a lot of the New Age, a lot of facets within the New Age movement, they're talking about, or even Wicca, for instance, they're always talking about a a goddess, Lilith, uh, who was supposed to have brought Adam uh, enlightenment. So that's what the apple was supposed to symbolize, enlightenment. When you bite into it, your eyes are open, and now all of a sudden you have been enlightened. You look at... Um, the Maitreya, you know, the Maitreya is supposed to bring in the Christ consciousness. Now, no one has said, no New Ager, not Benjamin Krim, not Shirley MacLaine, not uh, Mariam Williamson, none of these people have told us who this Maitreya is, whether he was a male or a female. I believe that this is a female because, again, you have to look at it from a biblical perspective and these individuals are worshiping a female goddess. Mm-hmm. Look at Christian science started by a woman. She was supposed to have, she wrote um, keys to the scriptures, uh, divine health or something like that. And Phineas Quimby went to her when he was feel, when he was sick, went to her for healing. She thought that she was enlightened. Then you look at um, what is called um, Helena Blavatsky, the founder of Theosophical uh, Society. Another person that, that, that believed she was enlightened. So she wrote the secret doctrine, and she said that the snake that giveth knowledge, you know, or the snake that um, is supposed to not Adonai, the, the, the bad guy who was trying to keep us away from all, you know, knowledge, but He's talking about Lucifer, the you know the individual that was supposed to have given us all of the, he he was the god that was supposed to give us the knowledge, the, the secret knowledge. So all throughout history and all throughout the scriptures, the mystery of the woman is always in the center. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Well, looking. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cause I'm gonna I'm gonna try to work. I'm gonna try to work backwards, and you know, I'm taking notes and everything about what you're saying. Uh, looking at, at Lucifer, right? So, this mystery religion that we are dealing with, or that we're talking about, uh, it can, like David said, it can be a slew of different religions around the world 
And uh, looking back at Lucifer and Albert Pike, if you if you don't know who Albert Pike is, Albert Pike was a 33rd degree Freemason, uh, one of the highest degrees, and he actually had degrees higher than that. And when any time a person who is a Freemason goes beyond the 33rd or 32nd and 33rd degree, they get into what is called Luciferianism. So uh, Albert Pike has written in his book uh, that Lucifer is the good God while the God of the Bible is the evil God because he's trying to keep humanity from reaching that God consciousness. Uh, he didn't use those exact words, but the book is called Morals and Dogma. Uh, I wouldn't suggest anybody read it. I read it because I just wanted to know exactly uh, what he was talking about. But um, going back to Maitreya, now, I think Maitreya and the Antichrist are, uh, I think Maitreya and the Antichrist may be one and the same. And I believe that the Antichrist, uh, the, the Maitreya, is just the New Age's way of saying Antichrist. Right. Uh, supposedly there were, like, visions of him and things of this nature, but um, I can't confirm none of that stuff. But going back to Nimrod and Samarimus, this is a history that is very, very clouded, clouded in mystery because um, looking at Samarimus, Although I do believe that Samaritans and Nimrod lived at the same time, uh, some archaeologists uh, believe that Samaritans uh, lived mm, a couple of hundred years after uh, Nimrod, and so they find it hard to uh, reconcile Nimrod and Samaritans uh, as cohorts. But as you know, they love to change history. They love to hide history. They love to deny history. And so, you you know, you can't always take what they say. They'll tell you that you came from a monkey and tell you that it's the truth when they have no evidence of it. So, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. But looking back at Samaritan and Nimrod and how all of this started, uh, we can actually go to the Bible. Um, I believe it's Genesis 10. Let's do that, please. If you got your Bible, let's go to Genesis 10 real quick. I'm trying to freestyle here a little bit, try to get through this. David brought up David brought up a lot of good points, a lot of good stuff. Uh, let's see, all the way down to let's see Shem. Let's see, we're saying this round, Kush. Okay, so here we are. Ten. All right. Yep, all right, Genesis 10, 9, uh, well, actually, Genesis 10, 8, and I'm going to start there. And Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and Erech and Akkad and Kelna in the land of Shinar. Out of that land went forth Asher and builded Nineveh and the city of Rehoboth and Kalah, and risen between Nineveh and Kalah. The same is a great city. 
all these cities that I just named, uh, all of these cities that I just named, Nimrod uh, was the founder of each one of these uh, cities, and they are all located in uh, close proximity to Iraq, uh, or what they would call the Fertile Crescent. And apparently his idea of building an empire around that area was to try and get back to the Garden of Eden. But this was, of course, after the flood, and this is where they believed that the Garden of Eden was. Nevertheless, let's fast forward to uh, Genesis 11 really quick. All right. Starting from the beginning, uh, I'll read from 1 all the way down to 9. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. Keep that in mind right there. He said, The people are one. And they all have one language. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down there and confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the whole earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore is the name called Babel. Now, we just read in Genesis 10 who, were, who founded Babel. It's Nimrod. So we do have a positive uh, connection there. Uh, we can reconcile those two right there. Nimrod was most definitely in charge of or uh, over this place called Babel. I'll continue. Therefore, the, therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the whole earth. David, i got to step away for two, two seconds. I'll be right back. Okay. All right, so um, what Najiti was talking about here, uh, therefore, uh, the name of it is called Babel, because the Lord did confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. So for their sin, um, they were trying right, to see. Right. I'm done. I'm sorry. That was the fastest two minutes ever. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, <laughs> now, what I was what I was getting at is that Nimrod, because we were trying to make a uh, uh, a connection between Nimrod, Samarimus, and uh, uh, the mystery Babylon. Now we know that this is called Babel. It's called Babel for a reason, because God confounded the languages there. Uh, if you look at Assyria, this is where Nineveh was located. If you look at the Egyptians, if you look at the Babylonians, if you look at the Sumerians, they all had similar uh, religious beliefs. They were sun worshippers. They worshipped the moon. They worshipped the elements of the earth. They worshipped the earth itself. 
They worshipped the stars, and they also worshipped demons. But one of the fascinating things that I realized about uh, this is that there's all of their sun gods and their uh, uh, goddesses were very, very similar to one another. You may have seen pictures where uh, in the Sumerian, the Sumerian, uh, the goddess is holding a child in her lap. And you'll see the same thing with the Babylonians and the Egyptians, also with the Assyrians. Now, if we look at, if we look at what chapter 11 says, chapter 11 tells us that God confounded the languages. So whatever took place at the Tower of Babel and whatever religious worship that was going on at the Tower of Babel, once God confounded the languages and scattered them around the earth, they took those mystery religions with them. The only difference is they, the names changed. Mm-hmm. The names changed. Yeah, you had Isis, you had uh, Aphrodite, you had, uh, and then they're all the same. And like Najit yep. said, these gods all look the same. They all are similar. You, you see, go by Catholic Church and you see uh, Mary holding the little baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, if you study the mystery religions, that's not ma- baby. Uh, that's not Jesus Christ in the in the uh, in, in the mother Mary. That's Semiramis and Nimrod. Yeah. Right. Now uh, to continue on. To continue on. So when we look at the word mystery Babylon in Revelation, uh, this is what I be- I believe. This is how the Lord works, and this is just my personal belief, and I'm not saying that this is uh, etched in stone or anything, but I believe that the Lord uses real people uh, to, uh, to help us understand a spiritual application. Or in other words, I believe that Mystery Babylon, that he looked, I believe that God looked back at Samaritan and what she did and uh, because apparently to um, most, some historians who have done the research, uh, they say Samaritan, she was the mother of prostitutes. She was the one who uh, pretty much started the whole business of, uh, whole business of, uh, I, can't, I can't get the word out of my mouth, uh, prostitution. And even she herself was, because she's the mother of it, you see how, it, how he says she's the mother of harlots. Now, in Revelation chapter 11, I mean, yeah, Revelation chapter 17, 18, it, he calls her the mother of harlots. Now, the literal Samaritan was the mother of harlots. Now, the thing about her and how she got pregnant, how this whole religion uh, started with her is that she was very promiscuous, and she got pregnant. And so what happened is she had to hide the fact that she had slept with probably a commoner or some other person and got pregnant, knowing that the people were going to be like, hold up, Nimrod did. Where where you get that baby from? And so, <laughs> and so she concocted this whole thing up that Nimrod had ascended up into heaven, hit the rate, and he became the son and the rays of the sun uh, impregnated her, and she became pregnant with Tammuz so that he can be reborn, resurrected, and thus you see, you know, mother, the mother and child cult. Her son ended up 
Tammuz, he ended up getting killed uh, by a wild boar. And this is this is it's so funny because uh, uh, pigs or swans, you know, they're considered unclean. And here you have an unclean beast killing an unclean person, and then they turn around and make the swan the meat of sacrifice to their gods. And so, uh, you know, we ain't even got into the whole uh, Torah discussion yet. But, you know, when God made a covenant with the children of Israel, I personally believe this is why he wanted them to abstain from swans uh, because it was to separate them or sanctify them apart mm-hmm. from the people around them. So, uh, but that's pretty much the history of uh, Mystery Babylon, and I believe that's what uh, God was focusing on how this religion, and if you notice, throughout the history of each one of these kingdoms I just called off, uh, the Assyrians, the Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Sumerians, the Chaldeans, they all persecuted God's people, righteous people. Uh, I know some of y'all probably might not read the apocryphal books, uh, but I have, and I do think they have some historical significance. And I believe, uh, which book was I reading where, I think it was um, the book of Jasher, or Jasher. And it talks about how Nimrod tried to kill, he tried to kill Abraham. And this was shortly before, shortly after God called Abraham out of the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. Uh, But, yeah, we see this repeated thing, and all that is is just a, a... a prophet, uh, a fulfillment of the prophecy of what God told the serpent in Genesis three fifteen, where He said, "I will put enmity between uh-huh. thy seed and your seed," and that enmity has lasted since the garden all the way up till now. And so, uh, as we continue on, we look at here uh, right at the onset of uh, the Christian faith. Um, Christian Christian persecution has been going on for at least 2,000 plus years. And when we look at what it says in Revelation where it says that Mystery Babylon, how she is drunk with the blood of the saints, she is most definitely uh, drunk with the blood of the saints. Uh, Think about the prophet Isaiah. Can anybody tell me how he died? Does anybody know? Uh, I think he was sawed in half. Sawed in half. Sawed in half. And it was by a a king who was practicing this mystery religion. He was practicing, uh, uh, he he worshipped Tammuz and uh, the goddess Ashtoreth. They even worshipped the moon. Uh, They worshipped the planet Saturn, which the Old Testament, it calls Chiyun. And they also worship a god called Moloch or Molech. Yeah. So the phrase where it says she is drunk the blood of the saints, uh, it extends to the Old Testament saints all the way up to the New Testament saints as well. Um, one religion that I'm thinking of uh, that came into fruition after the Dark Ages or during, actually, my belief is they caused 
they caused the dark ages, and that is Islam. And the persecution that stopped when the Roman Catholic Church kind of fluttered uh, back into the background, uh, the persecution that started with Islam was even was even more heinous. And the thing about it, uh, they killed so many people that it's believed that they that the amount of blood that was uh, poured over the earth is what caused the plague to take place during the Dark Ages. Interesting. Yes. So. Uh, the Dark Ages and the rise of Islam, Islam also is a part of that mystery religion, uh, that mystery religion, uh, Babylon. Uh, because I don't know if you ever heard of a guy named Walid Shobat. He brought up a very, very interesting theory about where the Antichrist comes from. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we got time right now to go too much into it, but. Uh, Again, they are they are just as drunk with the blood of saints as the Roman Catholic Church. Now, for a long time, I used to believe that the Roman Catholic Church is the uh, mystery Babylon, and then I started to look at all the other religions around the world and of the past, and I came to the same conclusion as Dave, and that is that it's a collumulation of all these mystery religions. But one in particular stands out, and again, is Islam. And the reason why is because when we look at Revelation and we look at the way that the people, uh, the Christians, are being uh, murdered, people who, the people who come to Christ during this time of the tribulation, their heads are being cut off. And looking at it from uh, from a future perspective. I can't help but to envision or just think that this is, man, all I can see is Allah Akbar. All I see is Muslims doing, uh, carrying these things out. Uh, and right now they are the biggest persecutors of Christians around the world. Yes. Around the world. Um, and also, like, I'm going to give you a scenario. Uh, let's turn to the Bible. Uh, let's turn to the book of Revelation, and I believe it's chapter 11. Chapter 11, and it's the two witnesses. Now, I want, I'm going to read this, and I want you to think of the people who would do this because it's, it's very interesting because it happened on 9 11. Now, all right, two witnesses. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm going all the way down to verse 6. These these have power to shut heaven. Uh, hold on, I'm sorry. The, I'm going to start from verse 5. Actually, I'm going to start from verse 4. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over, the, over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as of ten, uh, oh, as often as they will. 
And when they shall have, shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Watch this. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So we already know spiritually that he's looking at Jerusalem as spiritual Sodom and Egypt. But uh, let's read on to verse 9. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. Hmm. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. Who in the who else do you know in the Middle East will celebrate the death of of people and just let their bodies lay down in the streets? Who else do you know is going around decapitating people, especially Christians today? It's not the Roman Catholic Church. We know exactly who it is. It's Islam. And so my theory, and uh, I had no ch- no problems in, like, transitioning in this thought, I'm starting to lean to a Muslim antichrist. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, not to get too deep into that subject, but, you know, looking at, uh, Daniel chapter 2, and looking at the legs of iron, we look at the western the western and the eastern leg of Rome. And the western kind of faded out, but after Rome kind of fell, uh, the Roman Empire fell, the Ottoman Empire, which is Muslim, came in and absorbed the Roman Catholic uh, or Roman Catholicism. As a matter of fact, it's even believed that Roman Catholicism is responsible for cre- for the creation of wow. Islam. Yep. Yep. Now, uh, looking at Revelation chapter seven, chapter seventeen, verse sixteen. Let's go back there real quick. Uh, let's see. 17 and 16. 17 and 16. All right. You got to say amen. Amen. Revel- All right. Revelation 17, verse 16. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. All right. So the overall plan, the overall plan in this new world order is to get rid of every single religion out there. So that the only thing or the only person who is worshipped is the Antichrist, or Satan through the Antichrist. And again, the Antichrist uh, and the dragon and how the dragon gives him his power and authority, 
that's that's some heavy stuff right there uh, to talk about, and I might decide to do a separate Bible study on that. But nevertheless, that is the plan. That's the overall plan. As a matter of fact, Albert Pike said this was the plan in his book, Morals and Dogma. You can look it up. You can look it up. It's called uh, The Three World Wars. The first world war was to uh, introduce the world to communism. The second world war was to spread communism. And then the last world war was to bring Islam and Christianity and all the nations of the world to the brink of what, to, into a third world war and break, phys- not physically, but uh, financially, oh, physically and financially, strain every country in the world and let, let it just fall. And out of the ashes, the new world order rises. That's their philosophy, and this is where you see the phoenix. Uh, if you see a, a, the symbol of the uh, the eagle on the back of the dollar, I know y'all don't probably heard this a thousand times already. Uh, the eagle is actually originally it was a phoenix. Uh, was somebody wanting to say something? Oh yeah, I, I wanted to add to that. Um, the, a lot of the people within the, like Luciferians like. Pike and uh, Blavatsky, they all wanted to get rid of religion. And their main religion was theirs. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, the Third World War must come. That's why you see all this nonsense happening, because the Third World War must come to eradicate Christianity, especially Christianity. Nobody wants to Practice, they don't want their religion practiced when, when the church is still here. So what do they do? They're going to have to eliminate, persecute, and destroy Christianity. That's why prayer was taken out of the schools in 1962. That's mm-hmm. why in 1973 abortion was made legal. That's why um, you know, all these things are happening. And so now you've got the Baphomet... Uh, temple being erected, the statue right. being erected in Detroit, right next right. to the country. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, like, and they did yeah. it all around the world. Like, uh, they claim their claim was that because ISIS was destroying all the ancient sites in uh, uh, in Syria and uh, where else in Jordan, that they had to find some way to preserve these ancient. Uh, symbols, but, I mean, look at where they at. They're in New York, first of all. Then you have one where in London. Yeah, and they have some, a lot of them are in D.C., as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, you have, yeah, you, you have um, a lot of your, the gods and the goddesses in, uh, right, in, uh, right across, you got the obelisk right in the right. center of D.C., Right, and you know what, you know what, Dave, and that takes me right to my next point: uh, how this woman is riding a beast, and this is exactly what we see. What we see, we see the woman riding the beast. She, is, the woman, represents the the religious system. The beast yeah. represents the political system, and for for a time, they 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 will continue to work together all the way up until they're ready to destroy all of. Uh, all of the other religions. Let's uh, look at Revelation chapter 13 real quick. 
now I'm already there, so I'm gonna go ahead and start reading. But uh, when you when you get to it, make sure you highlight it and uh, put it as one of your memory verses. Revelation chapter 13. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Remember I was saying earlier, when you go back to Nimrod and Samaritans and Assyria, Egypt, Babylon, Samaria, the, all their religions were blasphemous. They rejected the God of the Creator. They offered humans for sacrifices. Uh, and that's what this system, uh, that's what this system, these four heads, they represent. Now, where it says he came up out of the sea, David already said that the sea represents peoples, tongues, and nations. Well, I like to look at it as a secular system. This is a secular system set up by the people, peoples, tongues, and nations. And so this beast comes, this political beast comes out of uh, out of the people, out of the sea. Well, when you think about uh, when you think about the political system or when you think about, again, the back of that dollar bill, it uses the term novus ordus secularum. And that word secularum is world or new world order. So the peoples, uh, the people, tongues, and nations, and the sea represents a secular system. So the political, this is the political system rising, and this is where the Antichrist will come. Now, let's go, let's fast forward uh, to uh, Revelation 13, 11. Again, highlight it when you get there, and you uh, there's a memory verse. Revelation 13, 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. He spake as a dragon. Okay, here is your religious system. So everything we've been saying, again, about the political and the religious systems being merged together right now, this is what we see in front of us. The Pope coming to uh, Philadelphia, uh, standing in the uh, belly of the beast, I call it, uh, the Capitol building telling uh, people how they should treat homosexuals and uh, things of that nature. This is this you're you're looking at it. This is how close we are to the return of Christ. What we see all these 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 are just signs. This is not the actual. What we're seeing today is not the actual fulfillment. Because once these things start uh, uh, start being fulfilled, the world will already be in. <laughs> the great tribulation, uh-huh. but we but we see it right here. Um, again, Babylon. I talked about that. Catholicism. Uh, talked about that. Oh, let's go to uh, Revelation three, or oh, it might be Revelation two, real quick, because the main the main point is how Christians are being caught up in these uh, mystery religions. Uh, Let's see. Uh, All right. 
Smyrna. I'm sorry, but I have to search for it. Uh, I guess D because uh, blah, blah. Now, okay, let's see which. Here we go. All right. This is uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And this is a message to the church of Thyatira. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who ha- whose who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like unto brass, fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her her place to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent. Now, I can go go somewhere with that, but I'm not. (laughs) I just wanted to point out how if the people, if, if Christians continue to follow these false teachers, they are going to go through tribulation. And this, and looking at who's the characteristics they gave uh, that they gave Jesus Christ here, where it says his eyes is a flame of fire and his feet is fine brass. Oh my goodness. His eyes are a flame of fire because he is angry with the uh-huh. nations when he returns. And his the brass is not again, you know, Torah keepers there tell you, oh, this this is this means that Jesus Christ is black. No. This is a spiritual application. Jesus Christ here, his feet are bronze because he comes to judge. Uh-huh. And this is his characteristic looking at the church of Thyatira because he's Upset, he's angry, and we know what the Bible says when you're in the hands of an angry of of, uh, of an angry God. We don't want to we we don't want to be in the hands of God when He's angry. Amen. The Bible says that He is angry with the wicked every day, every day. Uh, let's turn to Second Corinthians chapter six. Second Corinthians. Chapter 6, okay, and I think I'm going to go to verse 14, or actually verse 11. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you. Our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us. But ye are straightened in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same, speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Now, if you, uh, that word, Belial, uh, was used of uh, 
the, who is a uh, priest, I forgot, Eli, Eli the priest. His sons were called the sons of Bilal. And if you know, uh, if you're reading 1 Samuel, you, you'll see how, how his sons were. They, they stole people's sacrifices. They, they robbed the people of their sacrifices. They profaned the Lord and caused other people to profane the Lord. And this is exactly what these leaders do today. These these yeah. pastors, these, these false teachers, all of them, not all of them, but most of them, you know what I'm saying? They have caused people in the church to fall away. Yeah. Yeah. This is a subject that my wife is very heavy on, and uh, I can say that I haven't experienced a whole lot of it, but I see it, you know, I see it. And I ask myself, like, this guy, Wayne T. Jackson, hey, somebody ran up in his church and was, uh, you know, this guy wasn't a believer. Somebody ran up in his church, and they, he was telling them, hey, pastor, why are you riding around in a bins and the neighborhood around your church is poor? Mm. You know, and uh, I remember a time when I was going to a church, and one of the pastors was on the stage bragging about how rich he is. Wow. And I was saying to myself, you know, the first thing that popped in my head was the book of James. Woe unto you, for you have stored up riches for the last days. You know what? Um, you have pastors that um, are not, they know what they're doing. See, uh, you have false teachers, and uh, I want to kind of turn to, uh, I think it's First Peter. First, Second Peter, uh, okay, second, chapter 2, and verse 1, and I'm going to start verse, uh, verse 1. Um, but there were false teachers among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily or secretly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Now, I want you to pay close attention to verse 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Now, that guy running into Wayne Jackson's church was telling him, hey, how is it that you can drive around in a bend and brag about how you're rich and this, that, and the other, while the neighborhood around you is practically living in squalor? Uh Well, here's the verse right here. The way of truth. Now, I'm going to circle the way of truth, which is biblical Christianity, shall be evil spoken of by the world, by the unbelieving world, by all those guys out there that are watching us. They're telling us, hey, there's no God. The only reason why, they're not saying that there's no God because of theological reasons. They're saying it because where are the representatives? Right. Yes. You know, the ones that are actually calling themselves pastors and preachers and standing up in front of millions of people and hundreds yeah. of people talking about how rich and famous they are and how they can get on world star hip hop without asking, you know, without the people asking them who they are and all this other stuff. And the world is saying, well, you know, they're speaking of, they're speaking evil of us. Amen. They're speaking evil of us. And so, they don't realize it or they don't care because I think they, if they realize it, they don't care. 
And that's a dangerous place to be. And, you know, you're a false teacher and you know you're teaching false teach doctrine. It's almost like being reprobate. Yes. Yes. And, and so this is what that verse is telling us. In verse 3, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words, smooth talkers, shall mm. make merchandise of you. They're going to make... They're going to make money off of you. They're going to exploit you. Make merchandise means to exploit. And that's what the Creflo Dollars and the Kenneth Copelands and the Morris Sorellos and the, the, the Gloria Copelands, they're all doing this. They're all making merchandise. They're all exploiting these poor people by their feigned or their smooth talking, you know, their smooth words. Right, and this is Look, uh, go to um, go to uh, James, Book of James, chapter one, uh, verse twenty-two, and he says here, "But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer," He is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgetteth which manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect <coughs> law of liberty <coughs> and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, I just wanted to point that out because, you know, we see these pastors and these false teachers uh, on Facebook and in the churches and out here on the streets like this dude polite, uh, um, these black Hebrew Israelites, Ray Hagan, all these guys, they are false teachers, and they have Christians following them. And all we have to do is just do what this word says right here in the Bible. Just literally, just put your faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, We've got 10 minutes. uh, I'm going to hold back my portion of uh, the whole Torah-keeping movement because, uh, you know, this, this is how Bible study is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you when you focus when you focus on, uh, on on one topic and there's so many scriptures that can cover it, you know what I'm saying? It it, can, it we 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 are usually like when we're not on the phone on, on the weekend. Sometimes me and Dave we stay up to like four o'clock in the morning talking about the same. Sometimes my wife be on and some of our other friends we all have a ball over the phone. That that be our weekend gathering, you know, and it, it, yeah. and this is what Bible study is all about. Yeah. So, um, but just to get back back on topic, um, it's not good for us to be unequally yoked. And uh, I know Dave brought up philosophy and Gnosticism. Now I'm reading a book, and I don't, I'm not going to go too too much into Gnosticism. But I'm reading the book of Uranus uh, against all heresies, and he is tackling the he's tackling 
the doctrine of the Gnostics. And pretty much it's when you hear when you hear some of the Gnostic uh doctrine that Iranius talks about, uh for instance, where uh it talk where we, when you hear how do you, how does he say it? There was a uh, a aeon is what they call them a e o n, which is the Greek word for world or age, and but they called them aeons. These were like demigods, and there was a demigod named Sophia who came from other demigods, and she wanted to she had a desire to know who the main aeon was and. She was so passionate about knowing who he was, she ended up giving birth to Jesus Christ. <laughs> really? Yes. So this is uh, Gnosticism. When you hear New Age jargon, you, you'll start to pick up. Uh, once you know about Gnosticism and you hear, like, the black consciousness movement, this whole thing about the universe, you have this, oh, or the word of faith movement, or you have to speak it into the air. That's where they got this stuff from. She had a thought, and she put it into the universe, or what they call the Gnostics, they called it the plethora, or pleroma, or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, it's like synonymous to a woman's womb. And if wow. you ever heard a pastor say something like, uh, you have to plant the seed, and then uh, God of worry, and then when you'll be birthed into your new life or something like that. I don't know how they talk, but they when they use that word birth, it's kind of synonymous to what the Gnostics was talking about, this word of faith, and, uh, and it ain't nothing but garbage. You know, Paul said, don't, don't be taken by uh, vain philosophies and doctrines of men. Um, Religion of the Antichrist. I know we talked. We talked about. Uh, we're going back to what David was talking about. Um, CSR and Rick Warren and Chris Long. That's another reason why I think that the uh, Antichrist may come out of the Ottoman Empire, which which they are trying to reestablish in Turkey uh, today. And if you if you go on. Prophecy Watch USC, where I did uh, uh, a short little short little article about Aragon, who is actually the uh, president of Turkey. He's the guy that shot down two of the Russian planes that was actually flying over Syria. And the reason being is because he was profiting. This is the Turkish president. He was profiting off the oil ISIS was stealing from Syria. Oh. And on and on top of that, we we still didn't get to we still didn't get to the uh, to the news articles. But on top of that, our administration was paying ISIS members. Mm-hmm. Our administration was funding and providing weapons and ammunition and uh, alerts to attacks to ISIS. So I'm seeing all these connections with Aragon, Obama, uh, ISIS, and the persecution of Christians. 
and how now he wants to, like, did you know? Did you know 800, 800 uh, migrants have been automatically given citizenship? Wow. But it was done accidentally. This is this is this is the administration that we have right now. And me and Dave were talking about this earlier. I can't do four more years of this. I can't. I have the article right here, Washington AP. The US government has mistakenly granted citizenship to wow. at least eight hundred and fifty eight immigrants. Guess where they're from, y'all? From countries of concern to national security or high rates of immigration fraud who had pending deportation orders according to an internal Homeland Security audit released Monday. Wow. 858 people, automatic citizens. Well, that's what the the liberal progressives wanted. They wanted the um, borders broken down so Mm -hmm. the country can be broken down. Originally, yeah. this was supposed to be a republic, not a, demo- not a democracy. When you, when, when people need to understand, if you want to study U.S. history, world history, a democracy leaves <laughs> room for socialism, liberalism, and totalitarianism, as opposed to a, a republic, which kind of leaves, it kind of takes the power, you know, it doesn't make the state all-powerful. Mm-hmm. But it's the decision making over to the people, and so that's what the founders wanted. The founders envisioned this. This is what why America was founded. But along the way, you know, the, the secret societies, and you know, they, they started interwoving their beliefs into the Constitution, and then all of a sudden, you you had. You know, people like Obama and people like Clinton and, uh, you know, neocons like Bush, Rumsfeld, and all these other guys, they started to yeah. lean over towards the left. Right. Obama was about as far over to the left as you could possibly get. I don't care what anybody says. But yeah, I don't care if he's green, purple, blue, orange, you know, blue. or cheeto. Check this next article out. This is from Wally Showbot, Showbot.com, if you ever get a chance. Mm-hmm. New York City, what they won't tell you about the rising rape rates of female passengers by taxi drivers. Now, yeah. this is like um, if you say, if you say, oh, well, they got to be Muslim, they'd be like, oh, well, you're racially profiling because you all Muslims or Arabs don't drive uh, taxi cabs. But in New York, this is pretty much the case. It's nearly impossible to get actual numbers, and this is from the article. It's impossible to get the actual numbers, but conservative estimates report that at least 50% and upward of 90% of New York cab drivers are from South Asia or Middle Eastern countries, the majority of whom are Muslims. So it's no surprise that incidents of rapes of female passengers by cab drivers are also on the rise. This is right here in New York. Well, not here where I'm at, but it's right it's right there in New York. This stuff is taking place as we speak. 
But why? All, all, only thing you've been seeing is black people being shot by the police. Yep, yep. That's what they want you to see. The Black Lives Matter movement was mm-hmm. established so that it could trigger more racial um, bigotry and, and racial uh, disparity. Yeah. And not only that, but we it's so much upheaval now that it, 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 I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about the riots in, in uh, Charlotte. Well, not not now because we come creeping up on uh, eleven o'clock. Uh, okay. But I'm gonna read the rest. I'm gonna read a little bit more of this. All right, again, mm-hmm. New York Post, New York City, NYC women should think twice before getting into a late night taxi by themselves, as sexual assaults by drivers are on the rise. Police Commissioner Bill Bratton warned Tuesday. One of the areas of concern that we have a particular have is particularly young women coming out of clubs and bars, particularly in Manhattan. Hold up. Where was the bomb at? Where was, was that? In New York. Manhattan, right? Manhattan, right? Yep. Okay. And certain areas of Brooklyn. The top cop said during an interview on WNYC Radio's Brian Lehrer show, uh, they're by themselves and intoxicated getting into a cab, and we've seen an, an increase in assaults in those instances. So we're encouraging women to adopt a buddy system. Now, I'm in the military. The only time we had a buddy system, well, we had to have a buddy system uh, going around the base, but we most definitely had to have a buddy system when we was in Iraq especially women, because they will hire locals and they will come in, work in the, uh, work in the cafeteria, uh, clean the bathrooms and things of that nature. But then they would, uh, like some female soldiers were being, were being uh, assaulted the same way as the saying here. So uh, and my thing about that. And the reason why I, I bring, I'm bringing this up is because we are living in perilous times, and right now, this is this is if you haven't prayed ever in your life, or if you don't pray often, now is the time to pray. Yeah. Pray for this country. Pray for our fellow brethren. They come out of the churches that. I'm not saying don't gather together with other believers, but don't keep following these false teachers and these false prophets uh, and, and these these uh, new age teachers and all that. Stick with the Bible. Find like-minded saints around yeah. you. Yeah. Because right now it's it, it's not play play time now. We saw all this stuff going on across these Christians getting their heads cut off, being drowned, uh, even to the point of being eaten, having their blood uh, collected and sold on the black market. And those same people, and I'm not saying all of them, but they are mixed up in there with the refugees that are here right now. Yeah. We don't seen bombings. We don't seen stabbings. So what's next? This is a time to pray, and I pray 
that, you know, if, as Jesus Christ said, as he went through that list in Matthew 24 of uh, false prophets, uh, the change in weather, earthquakes in diverse places, nations shall rise against nation, uh, the love of many shall wax cold, all of that has taken place. And then he, he uses the word, he says, and these are the beginning of sorrows. And this is during his time. How much greater are those sorrows now? You know, those sorrows are compared to a woman who is giving birth or is about to give birth to a child. And as the child is about to breach the birth canal, the contractions increase, the pain increase. And those signs that Jesus Christ talked about have all increased over time. Some people would say, oh, well, we didn't have technology to know what was going on around the world. Instead, well, we have historians, we have people, personal journals, and this time is not like it was 100 years ago. It wasn't like it was 1,000 years ago. It's worse. And it's because, in a sense, of the increased knowledge that we have. People have easier ways to steal your money out your bank account. People have easier ways to uh, to 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 use witchcraft over you just by putting up a video that sounds good and have you fallen away from God in a a five-minute video. Mm. It's crazy. And so now, like I said, it's it's time for us to pray and, and pray for safety, pray for wisdom, and pray for strength because at times like this, Times like this, this is where I believe God really does strengthen and starts to use his people in in ways that we haven't seen in a long time. So, um, I'll end it off with that. David, if you have anything else, uh, uh, go ahead. If not, we can go ahead and pray out. Uh, but before we do that, uh, well, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to open up the floor for at least three or four minutes if anybody has any questions or comments. Um, no. Okay. All right. Um, then I guess we'll uh, end the show for tonight. Um, I thank you for all of you that were uh, able to join us. Uh, I know there are certain, you know, a couple of people signed out, but I hope they were able to get at least the majority of the information that was disseminated on this show. Um, next week, uh, we'll be here, same time, uh, and we'll really be able to get into the uh, news articles. And um, next week, I'm probably, I'm going to really get into the whole the, the rise of Satanism in the occult and the death of uh, uh, Gene Wilder and Prince, which interestingly, interesting, uh, well, interestingly enough, happened this year. So uh-huh. um, I'm going to talk about that, and of course, again, the news article. So I'm going to pray this out. Uh, so everyone, bow your heads. Well, before uh, you, before, before uh, you. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll do it after you pray. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, 
Family, Father, thank you for being with us tonight and be with those that were able to be on the show but uh, had to leave for whatever reason. Uh, open their understanding to what was talked about tonight and uh, bring us together next week. It's a deal well, Lord, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 For uh, anybody who is listening to this, uh, the recording, uh, if you're listening to this and uh, you're thinking about giving your life to Jesus Christ, uh, I want to turn you to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Uh, And he says here, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so what I'm saying to you is that you don't have to go and do backwards flips. You don't have to go and and uh, observe the Sabbath. You don't have to uh, speak anything into the air, into the universe. The only thing you have to say or uh, confess is that you believe that Jesus Christ, uh, uh, God raised him from the dead. And from there, if you've accepted that truth and you confess it with your mouth, God, you have, God has made you part of the body of Christ. He has, he has selected you. He has preordained you to be part of the body of Christ. And so if you're just coming to Christ, the best thing to do, I, the best thing, the best advice I can give you is to read your Bible. Get you a good King James Bible and uh, maybe another one that's a little easier to read for you to help guide you through. Uh, I prefer the King James only because it has a lot more scriptures in it than some of the other modern translations. But that's just my choice. You know, the Bible says that every man be convinced in his own, uh, uh, be convinced in his own salvation. I might have misquoted that. Forgive me if I did. But the main point is... Be convinced in his own mind. Right. My bad. But the main point is that you came to Christ, and in order to learn about Christ, you have to read this book. And I tell people all the time that the Old Testament points to Jesus and the New Testament points back to Jesus. That's my motto, and I'm staying with it. And pray to God for understanding, because that's what my grandmother and my mother told me to do when I picked up this book at six years old and read the book of Revelation like a nut. And <laughs> But I took it literally. I, I took what my mother and my grandmother said literally, and that was if I asked for understanding, the Lord would give it to me. And over these years, the Lord has most definitely given it to me. And I'll give him praise and honor for that. I take no glory in that in my, uh, in my own works or anything. It was because the Holy Spirit entered into my heart and taught me this word. And he can do the same thing for you. So uh, that said, 
I just want to thank uh, Tiffany for coming on and tell your friends uh, who uh, joined. I saw it was somebody here from New York who had mm-hmm. and it was quite a few people from Florida that called in too. But uh, yeah, I just want yeah, I just want I just want to say thank y'all for calling in and supporting us, and please get the word out because. Uh, as you can see, two hours can go really fast, and there's a lot of information out there. I didn't even get to my portion, really. I was just uh, bouncing off of what uh, David said, and uh, it, was, I, I, it was very fun. I, I thought it was fun, and I hope it was fun for you guys, too. So uh, if you're listening to this again via the recording, uh, you can check us out on Fridays, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, sometimes I work, so usually I can't do the shows uh, one weekend a month. But David, he'll be holding it down uh, on some of his favorite topics, and you know, call in, just call in. Uh, we'll be advertising. We're trying to do better with that uh, advertising, letting y'all know at least a week or at least four days ahead of time, so that y'all can prepare to uh, call in. And what we really enjoy, we really enjoy. Uh, engaging the public or engaging the callers. And so, you know, if you want to bring something to the table, you want to bring some bread to the table, let's sit down and eat. Let's sit down and, and, and fellowship. Amen. So. All right, Dave. So you want to go ahead and end it? We can do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, again, thank you. Thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, next week we'll be talking about um, some of the, um, the some of the things that were going on in the news articles. So hopefully uh, you'll you'll be able to be with us. Uh, so um, this is uh, David Chandler and Mediti Hawkins saying uh, God bless you and uh, grace and peace. Great. Peace. Amen. Good night. Good night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.